Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hi, Dr. Denise. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for asking. How are you? Hanging in there. Good, good. Well, you know, I'm happy and hopeful. And I just want to say that even though we are still in this pandemic, there's been a sort of a silver lining to it for me personally, because now that I'm home all the time, and um, taking care of my mom, as everyone knows. But I find hope because I feel like since I've been home, my mother has been thriving. And she still obviously has Alzheimer's, but she seems to be more communicative and more alert and funny. And I just find her her interaction with me, lovely. Well, I think that's, that's a nice observation. And I think that you're basically demonstrating one of the things that we think is important for people who have a dementing disorder. Your mother is in a familiar environment with somebody with whom she's familiar and comfortable, and she's secure. So when you say I'm having a positive interaction with my mother, you probably are because your mother's world is fine because you are her world. She's in her familiar space. She's in her room. She's in her house. She's in where she's comfortable. There's nothing that is off-putting to her in that environment. So she's less worried about her safety and being afraid and more likely to remember something that allows her to interact more positively with you. So when we have older adults who have a dementing disorder, one of the things that we like caregivers to do is establish a routine and keep them in a familiar environment. And that's what you're providing for your mother. So a familiar face, you're the only familiar face that your mother is looking at. She's not looking at rotating caregivers. She's not looking at strange people coming in and out of her environment or being schlepped off into a vehicle or a transport vehicle to go from this place to that place where she's unfamiliar with both the people, the vehicle, and everything else. So you've done that for her. Yeah. And she seems a, a lot less confused. Uh, granted that she still on occasion will ask questions that are, you know, out of the ordinary, but it seems as though she's able to have a conversation with me and can sort of string thoughts together. And I can ask her opinion about things. And, and sometimes of course the answers 
really not what you would expect. It's from left field, as you would say, but she can hold a thought and she can converse and she can give an opinion that really surprises me uh, quite often and mm -hmm. she can come to a conclusion. So I find that very refreshing. Well, I'm glad that it's refreshing. I'm glad that you're having those positive interactions. And that's something that should be shared. And I'm hoping that people who are listening to us feel that way. Um, as you're aware, and several of our listeners are aware, I'm also a caregiver. My mother lives with me. Um, and on the few occasions she does choose to speak, she does recognize me as somebody who belongs to her. She recognizes her grandchildren. So whether she has a long drawn out conversation or not, I'm happy with the good morning. How are you? I love you. And if those are the only words that she can say, I'm happy with that because we survived a whole year and a half of the pandemic yes. <laughs> and we came out on the other side. Yeah. So when we start thinking about gratitude and being help hopeful, our parents are among the very lucky. And I think they're very lucky because we've been fortunate enough to keep them at home. And within that home, there's been a lot of safety because there has not been exposure to infection. People um, in the population or out in the public who may be infected, they've been in their safe little cocoon where we've been able to supervise and manage their health. So I think that if the pandemic has done anything for any of us, it's to show us how important it is to control the environment we live in, to control the people and the things we're exposing our loved ones to. I think it's all positive. That was exactly my motivation. Um, I was so at first a little bit overwhelmed as to how this would work, but it became sort of peaceful because even though you, you have more responsibility to take care of them, it also eases your mind because I was trying to figure out if I had to leave the home, you know, caregivers are wonderful. There are wonderful caregivers out there, but then you have to sort of think ahead because they have lives, they have families, they have to go to the grocery store. And at the height of the pandemic, what would they bring into your home unknowingly, unwittingly, and not on purpose, but that would be something you would have to be concerned with. And on top of uh, reaping the benefit of, you know, this newfound uh, mom that I have, it's also a comfort that I don't have to worry about some outside element bringing in, you know, an infection or anything that would make her or myself ill. So it's just a hopeful time, really a hopeful time. I think it is. This is a very hopeful time. So, uh, I won't say post-pandemic because we're really not out of it yet, but uh, for those of us who've been fortunate enough to control our environment, to get our vaccines, um, this is a time to be hopeful. It really is. And we also, we were very timely, I'd like to say, to toot our own horn. In our last podcast, we talked about this new drug. Aducanumab, that's how you say it. Aducanumab. Thank you so it's much. It's a monoclonal antibody. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. And we were on the cutting edge because we told our listeners that it's coming. You told them it was coming. And like the next week it came out that it's it's here. And uh, there's a possibility of of people being able to take advantage of this new drug. And that's another thing to be hopeful about. Yes, exactly. And I think that as you bring up the monoclonal antibody, there's an ad that's on television now that's talking about a monoclonal antibody as a treatment for the COVID-19 infection. So I think it's important for people to understand what those are. And so monoclonal antibodies are antibodies, natural disease fighters that your body creates. Okay, they're exposed to some kind of antigen, whether it's a COVID-19 virus or in the case of Alzheimer's, um, those precursor proteins, whatever that pathology is, your body develops antibodies to remove the things that make things bad. And unlike a prescription that I, as a physician, would write that you take to the pharmacy, these monoclonal antibodies are not available in the pharmacy. And that's what people need to know. I mean, just because it's been advertised doesn't mean it's available for everybody. So with aducanumab, which is a monoclonal antibody that people will get, it's something that has to be given like a chemotherapy drug. You have to go into an infusion center Mm -hmm. and get connected to an IV where you get this infusion once a month. Now, who's going to be able to get that infusion? Well, you have to have demonstrated that you actually have Alzheimer's diagnosis versus any other. So how are we going to get that diagnosis? In order to be eligible for the monoclonal antibody infusion, you have to have a confirmed diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. So how do you get a confirmed diagnosis? Well, you have to have either had a PET scan, an amyloid PET scan, which is not covered by Medicare and is only available in research, or had a lumbar puncture where they found those proteins that are associated with Alzheimer's, the A-beta and tau proteins that confirm the diagnosis. If you have one or both of those things, when the drug becomes available to the mass public, it's just been approved, so it's not yet ready to get, you will likely be eligible to receive an infusion for it. Now, just because we've gotten this infusion approved by the FDA, is it curative? No. It is one of several drugs that has been in development designed to stop the process of Alzheimer's or progress of Alzheimer's. Doesn't cure but it does clear some of the proteins out, making it less likely that the dementia will proceed as rapidly. So it it can conceivably slow it down. Right. And the studies did not result in a significant success. This is some of the controversy. It didn't clear in the manner in which most people wanted it to. But the good thing about having aducanumab approved is there are other drugs, there are like 10 other drugs that are in development that are also monoclonal antibodies, that together these drugs, if we create a cocktail, much like we created a cocktail for treating people who had AIDS, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. if we can create a cocktail of monoclonal antibodies to administer to somebody who has Alzheimer's disease, maybe then we will have a cure. Let me ask you this. So when you say a cocktail, would it be one infusion, like you could get some aducanumab and another couple of other drugs combined into one infusion, or you would have to have several different infusions? That would be something that's born about by further research. So maybe it's three monoclonal antibodies that will independently aren't as effective as three of them together. Now, is that something that we administer one separately or do we put them all in the same bag and administer? I can't answer that question. I don't think that question is available to be answered yet. Okay. So suffice it to say that just like with um, um, cancer drugs, Mm -hmm. okay, a lot of times there's not just one drug that treats a particular cancer, but a combination of drugs that will more effectively treat and resolve the cancer. That's how we should be looking at aducanumab. It is one drug that may not be as effective on its own as it will be when it's combined with other drugs that are similar. Okay, well that, you know, sticking with our theme of being hopeful, that is something to be hopeful about. But I must throw out there because I have read and heard that there's some reservations about um, this treatment. There have been some side effects, um, some brain bleeding, and mm-hmm. also and also the cost of it. It it sounds really really expensive, and there's some folks saying that older adults here in the United States who are on Medicare that may make prices go up. So what I'm still hopeful, but you know, okay. Stay hopeful. Okay. Those are all good questions, but those are all things that have occurred with any new drug that has been marketed. Any new drug is expensive. Any new drug is going to have side effects. Any medication has side effects. It's over time, that's why the FDA is still going to be studying this particular medication as time progresses to see how they can fine tune the administration or how the drug works or the dosing, et cetera. So it's been approved, but it's still undergoing research because we're still looking at and trying to, I'm going to use the word iron out the expression, iron out the kinks. So Yes, the drug is going to be expensive. Medicare may not cover it. Medicare doesn't pay for the diagnostic tool that definitively diagnoses Alzheimer's. And that's an amyloid PET scan. Right. Medicare doesn't pay for it. Right. So it's like, oh, well, poor people won't be able to get it. No, poor people won't be able to afford it. But if you participated in clinical research, you'd have been able to have access to the drug. And it wouldn't have cost you nothing but we don't want to participate in research. Well, I don't want to be a guinea pig. Well, if we're going to get an efficacious treatment, we've got to participate in research. Okay. So we've talked about that too. Clinical research, clinical trials, there are advantages to that. So if you want to be able to get aducanumab, maybe you should get into a clinical trial. 
and you would have yes. and it wouldn't cost you wouldn't cost you anything and yes i'm hopeful because we have had gone through a pandemic we're still going through it but we have shown that participation in clinical research can yield positive treatments for upcoming ongoing diseases so that's what the pandemic has demonstrated you know people who participated in vaccine trials regardless of your ethnicity or gender have shown that the participation in clinical research has yielded an effective treatment for a significantly debilitating disease and a disease that can result in death. So clinical research participation for vaccines, for medications is important. And yes, there are going to be problems along the way, but there's no nothing that says that we're going to experience all of the negatives. Perfect. That's a great way to end. We talked today about being hopeful and being grateful. And this pandemic has brought bad things, but it's brought good things. We are, we have our loved ones. I see progress with my mom. You see progress with your mom. And there's hope for a new drug on the horizon. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Monica. You're welcome, Denise. Please follow us on Twitter, MPMK at MPMK Podcast. And on Facebook, my parents are now my kids. And on Instagram, my parents are now my kids. See you next time.